When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 22 of season 4 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. One of the most beloved radio shows of all time, even to this day is Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden as an English teacher at Madison High. It ran from 1948 to 1957 and was consistently ranked as one of the most popular comedy shows during its run. Created by, written by, and directed by Al Lewis, it also starred Gloria McMillan as Gloria Conklin, daughter of Madison's principal Osgood Conklin, played by Gail Gordon, Jeff Chandler and later Robert Rockwell as Philip Boynton, biology teacher and love interest of Miss Brooks, Richard Crenna as Walter Denton, a student. Jane Morgan as Margaret Davis, Miss Brooks' landlord. Leonard Smith as Stretch Snodgrass, another Madison student. And Mary Jane Croft as Daisy Enright, another Madison English teacher who is Miss Brooks' romantic rival for Mr. Boynton's affection. The show was sponsored by Colgate Palmolive for its entire run and ran concurrently with the TV version of the show from 1952 to 1956. The radio show outlasted the TV version by one year. Now sit back and enjoy the January 9th, 1949, and November 21st, 1948 broadcasts of Our Miss Brooks. Our Miss Brooks, who teaches English at Madison High School, enjoyed her vacation during the holidays just as much as any other teacher. But as it drew to a close, she had a peculiar reaction. Although I felt that my vacation had done me a lot of good... Now that it was over, I was keyed up and enthusiastic, simply raring to go. Raring to go on another two-weeks vacation. (laughs) Meanwhile, I went about the business of getting used to working again and spent the past week noticing conditions which hadn't seemed so deplorable during the hustle and bustle of holiday time at the school. I was telling my landlady, Mrs. Davis, about them while we were having breakfast Friday morning. Let me pour you a cup of this coffee, Connie. It's Rio de Janeiro style. I just got the recipe. Rio de Janeiro style? Yes. I mashed up a few Brazil nuts and mixed them with the coffee ground. (laughs) That's one reason why the blonde hair of a Brazilian is so outstanding. But Mrs. Davis, very few Brazilians have blonde hair. That's another reason it's so outstanding. (laughs) But I'm afraid I've interrupted something you started to say to me, Connie. Oh, it wasn't very important. I had just said that I... I really shouldn't do that. It's a habit I picked up from my brother, Victor. He's terribly absent-minded. I thought your sister Angela was the absent-minded one in the family. Angela? Yes, that's what you told me. What did I tell you? (laughs) That she was very absent-minded. Who? (laughs) Your brother, Victor. Now, how did you know that? You've never even met Victor. (laughs) 
But he is confused sometimes, poor dear. Why, you could be talking about something to Victor, and he'd seem as interested as could be in the conversation. But then if you just looked away for a moment, it could be right in the middle of a sentence that... Yes, Mrs. Davis? Mrs. Davis? You, Mrs. Davis! Oh, oh good morning, Connie. <laughs> I was just looking for the cat out in the kitchen. She hadn't touched her milk. What do you hear from Victor? Victor? Oh, my brother. Oh, he's fine, thank you, dear. He calls me quite regularly. My sister Angela's the one that worries me. She's the absent-minded member of the family. <laughs> but I keep feeling that I disrupted your train of thought. Did I, Connie? There's not a car left on the tracks but the caboose. <laughs> I was merely telling you, Mrs. Davis, that I never realized how bad conditions were at school until this cold spell set in. Why, my classroom is so drafty that half my pupils can't answer questions because their teeth are chattering. <laughs> that must be awful. Young people have such loud teeth. <laughs> yes, sometimes my room sounds like a dice game on a tin roof. <laughs> have you talked to the principal about it? Not yet, but I'm going to today. He's just got to get the Board of Education to allot us a bigger budget for coal. Well, I wish you luck, dear. Is uh, Walter Denton picking you up this morning? Yes, Mrs. Davis. Oh, good. Connie, I'd like to apologize again for interrupting you before. As I say, I've been a little worried about my eccentric brother, Victor. Before you go, though... Yes? Goodbye, Connie. Goodbye, Mrs. Davis. <laughs> and by the way, Mrs. Davis... Yes, Connie... Connie, I... Why, she's gone. Poor thing. She's been under a terrible strain lately. <laughs> I'm glad you picked me up early, Walter. I've got to stop in and see Mr. Conklin before my first class. Oh, golly, Miss Brooks, there must be some pleasanter way to start off a Friday morning for a perfectly nice English teacher. Yes, there must be. Oh, it isn't that I don't respect Mr. Conklin. It's just that... Well, there's something about you, Miss Brooks, that... Well, before the hallowed walls of our beloved Madison High heaves into view, I want you to know that... Just a minute, Walter. Would you mind taking that sentence again a little slower? I nearly exclaimed, Before the hallowed walls of our beloved Madison High heaves into view... That's what I, I thought you exclaimed. <laughs> Anything wrong, Miss Brooks? Well, frankly, Walter, I'd hesitate to correct that sentence without stopping at teacher's college for a refresher course. But, uh, what do you mean by heaves into view? Well, every so often you read about a ship that hove into view, don't you? Yes. Well, hove must be the past tense, mustn't it? Heave, haved, hove, isn't it? <laughs> oh, of course not, Walter. Heave, heaved, haved, uh... Heave, What do you want me to know before Madison High heaves into view? That you command as much respect as Mr. Conklin, plus the admiration of the entire student body, and that your personal warmth and charm is only exceeded by your excellence in your chosen field of instruction. Ain't it the truth? 
I don't want to seem unduly inquisitive, Walter, but to what do I owe this verbal plaque? Nothing. It's just a natural reaction. A completely spontaneous and unrehearsed. And what did you get from our sponsor when you were selected as a contestant? A pen and pencil set that's guaranteed... Oh, no, that's not fair. <laughs> no, I'm being completely sincere and have no ulterior motive whatsoever. Then thank you, Walter. No, that's okay. Miss Brooks? Yes? Would you do me a favor? If I say no, you'll take back the plaque. Hmm? Well, what is it? Well, it's a basketball team. As you know, I'm the new manager, so it's, it's up to me to see Mr. Conklin about getting some things that we need immediately. And? And it's up to you to see Mr. Conklin for me because I'm rarely up to seeing Mr. Conklin. It, what I mean is that we've just got to get some more trunks. Where are you going? We're not going No, we need stuff for the guys to put on while they're playing. You see, right now, every time we send in a substitute, he has to take a blanket along with him and change trunks with a fellow he's replacing. <laughs> About ten pairs should do fine. Ten pairs? Why don't you just get a larger blanket? <laughs> oh, no, this is serious, Miss Brooks. Oh, another thing you've got to talk to Mr. Conklin about for me is the temperature in the gym. It's so cold in there, a good humor man has to referee the game. <laughs> Of course, I'm exaggerating, Miss Brooks. I know, Walter, but, uh, A, just what do you want me to ask, Mr. Conklin? And B, why should it be me instead of you? Well, A, to requisition $100 worth of equipment for the basketball team from the school board, and B, because you're older and carry more weight. <laughs> and C, if we were driving in my car, you'd be walking by now. Well, you don't understand, Miss Brooks. I'm not trying to shirk my duties, but... Well, this is a legitimate beef. Uh, let me put it this way. In the stockyards, when they want the sheep to run a certain way, they don't send a little lamb out to guide them. They send an old goat. <laughs> I mean, you, you've seen it in the newsreels, I'm sure, where they, the goat and the lamb... Gosh, I hope you're not mad, Miss Brooks. Oh, forget it, Walter. Why should I be mad? <laughs> Then you'll do it? You'll ask Mr. Conklin for me? I'll do my best. Now, you'd better start putting on your brakes. My brakes? Yes, the hallowed walls are hiving into view. <laughs> Ladies, regardless of age, skin type, or previous beauty care, doctors prove you, too, may win a lovelier complexion with palm olive soap. But to win this lovelier complexion, the kind men admire and women envy, you must stop improper cleansing. Instead, use palm olive soap the way doctors advise. Remember, 36 doctors, leading skin specialists, advised 1,285 women, many with complexion problems, to use palm olive this way. Some have dry skin, some oily, some coarse-looking. Using palm olive soap alone, two out of three won lovelier complexion. Now, here's what the doctors advise. Wash your face with palm olive soap. Massaging for one minute with palm olive soft lather. This cleansing massage brings your skin palm olive's full beautifying effect. Rinse. Do this three times a day for 14 days. It's that simple. But doctors have proved this way using nothing but palm olive really works. So forget other beauty care. Use palm olive soap alone for a lovelier complexion. For loveliness all over, use big thrifty bath size palm olive in your tub or shower. Well, here we are at school, Miss Brooks. If you will kindly disembark, I'll find a place to park and then return for a joust with the forces of education. 
If I was a gambler, Walter, I'd bet on you to place. <laughs> oh, there's Harriet Conklin. I think I'll ask her what kind of a mood her father's in. Okay, Miss Brooks. I'll see you later. Just a minute, Harriet. I'd, I'd like to talk to you. Oh, hello, Miss Brooks. I'm glad we ran into each other. Same here. Harriet, did you have breakfast with your father this morning? Well, yes, I did. How was he? His temper, I mean. Hmm, pretty good, Miss Brooks. Until Mother showed him some of the bills that had come in. Then what did he do? Nothing unusual. He just slammed down his paper, bit through his coffee cup, and left. <laughs> it could have been worse. Sure, he could have bitten your mother. <laughs> That's one of the reasons I'm glad we ran into each other. Miss Brooks, did I ever tell you what an unending source of inspiration you are? Oh, I must end somewhere. <laughs> I mean it, Miss Brooks. You're more than just an excellent instructor of English. You're... You're... I'm the patsy who's going to face your father with one of your problems. <laughs> All this in psychic, too. How did you know I wanted you to talk to Daddy for me, Miss Brooks? Well, why should you be an exception, Harriet? What's your beef? Uh, complaint. <laughs> the domestic science room. It's like a deep freeze. That room, too? It's so cold that most of us wear gloves all during the class. Makes it very awkward, Miss Brooks. Especially when we're trying to use the sewing machine. It sounds pretty bad. Bad? It's terrible. Yesterday, Bessie Snyder sewed five of her fingers together. <laughs> oh, what's so terrible about that? Gives you an extra ladle for the cooking class. <laughs> it broke the sewing machine, and we need $200 for a new one. Oh, but Harriet... Miss Brooks, it's up to you to make conditions in this school livable. For you, you mean. I'd better be armed with plenty of facts before I face your father, though. I think I'll make a survey of the rest of the rooms. Starting with Mr. Boynton's biology laboratory... Now who's psychic? <laughs> yes, Harriet, I think I'll interview the shy master of the microbes. I've been in there, Miss Brooks. It's even colder than the other rooms. I hope you can do something about it. I should be able to, with the experience I've had. Well, what do you mean, Miss Brooks? I've been trying to thaw Mr. Boynton out for years. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Boynton. Oh, it's you, Miss Brooks. How do you feel this morning? Cold, thanks, especially in here. Where do you hang your sides of beef, Mr. Boynton? Oh, it... <laughs> this kind of silly is that. I was going to ask Mr. Cochran about the heating situation, but now that you're here, I wonder if you would... Uh... Naturally. <laughs> you better slip this coat on. Even your voice is shivering. <laughs> Oh, this outfit I'm wearing is fairly warm. I've got four sweaters on, you know. Really? Where? Let's not get racy, Mr. Boynton. <laughs> oh, sorry, Miss Brooks. I didn't mean anything personal. You never do. <laughs> well, the situation is pretty bad. Now, take my prize frog, McDougal, for instance. He's had a sore throat for weeks. And now, with this cold spell, I'm afraid he's developing sinus trouble. Oh, here's his cage right here. Hello, Mac. How do you feel? <laughs> Gesundheit Have a Kleenex, Mac You're welcome It's no wonder he's sick Look at the tank he's in No provisions for heating or water at all Or this morning his breakfast was frozen two inches from his nose By the time he did eat, he had indigestion That's really awful, Mr. Boynton This equipment is pretty obsolete What's this bowl here? Oh, these must be some new fish. What's the name of these pretty blue ones, Mr. Boynton? Goldfish. They're just cold. <laughs> they could slap their chins together. 
Oh, look at these cute little guinea pigs. Now, they're what I call sensible animals. Look how they huddle together for warmth in their cage. You know, Mr. Boynton, you and I could keep kind of warm that way, too. <laughs> oh, no, we couldn't, Miss Brooks. We could never fit into a cage that size. <laughs> But it would be fun trying to <laughs> Look, Mr. Boynton About what do you estimate it would cost For new equipment for this lab? Oh, a couple of hundred dollars, roughly One fifty, if you smooth it out <laughs> That's a sort of a joke, Miss Brooks First I said roughly And then one fifty, if you smooth it out Oh <laughs> That's a Lulu <laughs> Uh, I know another one, but I wish you'd stop me if you've heard it. It's about this group of people... I've heard it. You have? Uh, the one about the group of people who are all discussing something in a very animated manner, and suddenly they stop, and this one fellow says, is anybody eating a lifesaver? And somebody else says, why? And the first chap says, because there's a hole in the conversation. <laughs> is that the one you've heard? No, I heard a different one. Tell yours. Well, it's about... I just did tell it, Miss Brooks. Oh, so you did, Mr. Boynton. And a little beauty it was, too. But I'd better get ready for my first class now. I'll see Mr. Conklin at the beginning of lunch period. Well, it's awfully nice of you to do this, Miss Brooks. Will you have lunch with me afterwards? Oh, I'd love to, Mr. Boynton. Uh, and, Miss Brooks, please don't even bring your purse with you. It, it only embarrasses me when you try to pay your own check in the cafeteria. All right, Mr. Boynton. I'll leave my bag in my desk. Fine. When I see you to your room, I can pick up what you owe me. <laughs> a good one, too. <laughs> what am I laughing at? He's not kidding. <laughs> Let's see this list now. Weather stripping for my room, $50. Basketball team equipment, $100. New sewing machine, about $200. And biology lab equipment, $150. Total $500. Of course, that's without the additional coal we'll have to get. Well, here goes. Come in. Hello, Mr. Conklin. I just wanted Sit to Sit down a moment, Miss Brooks. I'm speaking on the phone. Yes, sir. So you see, Miss Stanhope, this senseless extravagance has got to stop. Why, do you realize that your art class used up three more drawing pencils this month than last? <laughs> what do you think the school board is made of? Money? What? How can you cut down? Tell the students not to sharpen them so often. <laughs> And remember, Miss Stanhope, it isn't the 50 cents involved that's important. It's the money. <laughs> Get on the ball and let's start cutting down expenses around here. Good day. Now, what do you want? A uh, happy new year, Mr. Conklin. I mean, I just happened to be passing your office, and I thought I'd stop in and say hello. Hello. Now, if you'll excuse me, I was just going to lunch. But, Mr. Conklin, you don't want to go up to that drafty cafeteria. What do you mean, drafty? Oh, it is. It's almost as bad as the schoolrooms. What? And the gym and the biology laboratory and the domestic science room, in which your own daughter Harriet is at this very moment shivering and shaking while she sews her gloved fingers together on the sewing machine which Bessie Snyder broke. There, I said it, and I'm glad. <laughs> if you're angling for another vacation, Miss Brooks, the answer is no. Now compose yourself and talk like a rational human being. Well, it's like this, Mr. Conklin. If we could get a larger appropriation from the school... A larger appropriation? <laughs> Miss Brooks, let me tell you what I was planning when you so fortuitously entered my office. I was planning on a general revision of expenses, an economy wave the likes of which this school has never seen. For example, 
You will in the future direct your pupils to use half as much chalk. You mean no more capital letters? <laughs> exactly. And this building, it's kept like a hothouse. I intend to cut way down on the supply of coal we're wasting. Wasting? But... but... Don't butt me, young woman. <laughs> oh, I can't help it. I'm the goat that was picked for the job. <laughs> that is, it's not a question of a lot of money, Mr. Conklin. And the temperature of the school is very important. It certainly is. And I find it extremely comfortable for the most part. But you, why are you wearing your overcoat? It's just a silly quirk of mine, Mr. Conklin. I'm trying to break up an ice jam in my arteries. <laughs> oh, nonsense. And take off those gloves. And I wish you'd stop smoking while you're talking to me. I'm not smoking. I'm just breathing. <laughs> well, cut it out. <laughs> That's the trouble with people nowadays. They're all mollycoddles, softies. Why, when I think of our forefathers at Valley Forge, dragging cannons through the snow with their feet wrapped in rags, it's enough to make my blood boil. Well, it wouldn't boil in my room. <laughs> Look, Mr. Conklin, if you don't care about people, think of the poor little animals in Mr. Boynton's laboratory. What's wrong with them? The white mice can't run around on the treadmill without snowshoes. <laughs> McDougal doesn't know whether to croak, sneeze, or hiccup. So he does all three, and it's pretty depressing. <laughs> Well, then don't listen to it. And how about the basketball team? Walter Denton says that every time one of his substitutes goes into a game, he has to hide behind a trunk while they're changing blankets. <laughs> and just think, a hundred dollars would remedy the entire situation. A hundred dollars? Plus two hundred for a new sewing machine, fifty for weather-stripping my room, and a hundred and fifty for warmer tanks and better equipment in the biology lab. Five hundred dollars is all you have to requisition from the board, plus some added money for coal. And if you'll sharpen the sword, I'll fall on it on my way out. <laughs> Miss Brooks, I'm going to try to control myself. I'm going to walk over to that window and look out of it. A moment later, I'm going to turn around, and you will have gone quietly out of the door. Ah, that's better. Five hundred dollars indeed. Plus coal. Get out! <laughs> The cafeteria was pretty crowded today. Young Denton here invited us to share his table. Sure, sit down, Miss Brooks. Want me to get you a tray? Thanks, Walter, but I haven't time to eat right now. I've just let, left Mr. Conklin's office, and he's flatly refused to requisition a penny from the school board. But the temperature, my animals, McDougal's toes are frostbitten now. Then how about my basketball team? We got a very important home game on tomorrow night, and that gym is just icy. Oh, we got to do something, Miss Brooks. We just got to get some more coal into this building. Well, maybe we could start an airlift. <laughs> no, I guess not. Wait a minute. The only way to make Mr. Conklin see the necessity of improving the coal situation is to pretend we're all coming down with cold. You mean go into his office sneezing and coughing and all? Exactly. He won't dare face a school board investigation if he thinks an epidemic is starting. Besides, I happen to know he's quite a hypochondriac when it comes to contagious germs. But if we really don't have colds, he'd be lying to say we have, wouldn't it? It's a white lie for the common good, Mr. Boynton. Oh, but you know what happens to me when I tell a falsehood. I have a psychosomatic symptom that causes me to hiccup. Well, we'll have to take that chance. 
<laughs> Think of McDougal, Mr. Boynton, and those blue goldfish swimming around depending on you to do something. I'll do it, Miss Brooks. I'll be darned if I don't. Oh, I beg your pardon. <laughs> oh, forget it, Mr. Boynton. In a crisis like this, even I resort to profanity. Oh, fudge. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Conklin, I got a bad coat. What? Uh, it's hit by Doze and Ed, mostly. <laughs> Turn around, Boynton. Don't you know those germs travel? How long have you had this cold? Oh, for a long time. <laughs> you caught something from that wretched frog of yours. Now go take some aspirin, go home early, do something, but get out of this office at once. Uh, but, Mr. Conklin, my laboratory was a little bit warm. I'll talk to you after you've recovered, Boynton. Uh, fine, Mr. Uh, Conklin. Thank you, sir. Better open the window and clear the air in this room. That's better. Come in. It's me, Mr. Cocklet. Water deaded. What do you want, Benton? As manager of the basketball team, I'd like to request a warber jib. A what? A warber jib to play in. It's freezing in there. <laughs> I got a cold. You too? Well, cover your face when you sneeze. We got a very important game to play tomorrow, and we need some heat badly. Peace. Well, if you've got such a bad cold, Denton, you'd better not come around to the game tomorrow. What? I'll be there, and I'll appoint another manager. Well, I'm not that sick, Mr. Conklin. Gosh, I feel great. I mean... I think I know what you mean, Denton. This is all a scheme to get me to ask the board for more money. And I think I know who put you up to it, too. She did not. Oh, that is... <laughs> Come in, Miss Brooks. How did you know it was B, Mr. Coughlin? I heard you rehearsing your sneeze. Gee, you look great, Miss Brooks. Never saw you looking better. Thank you, Walter. You couldn't possibly have a cold or anything the way you look. Know what I mean? Keep talking, Denton. I don't mind. Why, what's the matter with you, Walter? I have a terrible cold in my chest and my head. It's from my room, Mr. Coughlin. <laughs> uh, Mr. Coughlin, if that is the stream, you sure do a funny imitation of a person with a cold, Miss Brooks. What do you be, imitation? Sure. Everybody knows you're just fooling. <laughs> Among my own pupils. A stool pigeon. I knew this was all a plot, Miss Brooks, and I'm ashamed of you. Why, just because there's a little fresh air circulating through the school. Good fresh air. You throw a fit. Our forefathers should see you now. Those men at Valley Forge dragging the cannon through the snow with rags tied around their feet. Why, when oh, I think of those... The door was open, so I just came on in, Daddy. Oh, uh, what is it, Harriet? I talked to Mother on the phone a little while ago, and her back's bothering her a bit. She'd like the heating pad. What heating pad? The one you've got under the cushion you're sitting on. <laughs> Here's the plug back here. Now, if you'll just get up a minute. There we are. I'll take it home to Mother right away. Where in the world did that thing come from? <laughs> from Valley Forge, of course. The boys... <laughs> The boys must have got some hot rags for their feet. <laughs> well, Mr. Conklin recommended the necessary expenditures to the school board and personally ordered some coal immediately. 
I thought it was a very sportsmanlike and unselfish gesture, and I started to tell him so when I met him in the hall. Mr. Conklin, I think it was very nice of you to tackle this problem so promptly. Thanks, Miss Brooks. <laughs> but I wasn't robbed enough. I'm getting to bode you. Oh, what's the difference, Mr. Conklin? As long as you've got your health. Palm Olive Soap, your beauty hope, and luster cream shampoo for soft, glamorous dream girl hair bring you Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden. Miss Brooks teaches English at Madison High School. And although one day in the life of a school teacher is pretty much the same as the next, at night you... Well, perhaps we'd better let Connie Brooks speak for herself. Although one day in the life of a school teacher is pretty much the same as the next, at night you wish you were dead. <laughs> Not that I'm bored. How could I be with Mr. Philip Boynton teaching biology at Madison? Of course, every new frog he gets in his laboratory represents an arch-rival. But I shouldn't complain. It gives me an added interest in life. Each morning before I get out of bed, I look down to see if I'm getting webbed feet. <laughs> Somehow, ever since we've been on the faculty together, Mr. Boynton just doesn't seem to think of me as a woman. I can't quite understand that, because when I think of Mr. Boynton, I always think of me as a woman. <laughs> And I almost always think of Mr. Boynton, or dream about him, like the other morning around 7.25. <sighs> oh, of course, Philip, I'd love to go dancing with you. When will you come for me? That's quick work. <laughs> me, Connie, may I come in? Oh, it's Mrs. Davis. Come in, Mrs. Davis. I thought I'd wait before your alarm clock went off. It's so loud and nerve-wracking. Oh, I'm pretty used to it by now, Mrs. Davis. <laughs> I always like to clear my throat before I pour orange juice into it. <laughs> well, I guess I'd better get up and perform my morning ablutions, like they say. You can ablute later, Connie. <laughs> you stay right where you are. Oh, but Mrs. Davis, it's 7.30. No, no, it isn't. I set the clock a half hour ahead. But why? Snap. Snap? That's right. They want pictures of you from the minute you first wake up till you go to sleep. Who does? Snap. You're faded. Uh... <laughs> what is all this about, Mrs. Davis? Snap is a magazine, Connie. Some time ago, I read that they were looking for the ideal American teacher for an interview. The next thing I knew, the layout editor was here in town and had called me up for an appointment with you. Me? But why me? I guess somebody recommended you as the model teacher. Somebody like who? Somebody like me. I wrote them all about you. What a wonderful teacher you are and how all your pupils love you. Oh, you shouldn't have done that, Mrs. Davis. I didn't. What? I discovered the letter in my desk this morning. I'd forgotten to mail it. <laughs> so it must have been somebody else who... Oh, here they are, Connie. They've been waiting in the living room. Oh, but Mrs. Davis, I'm not dressed. Come on in, folks. Snap, snap's a school teacher. Uh, where is the little lady? Ah, uh, here she is. Well, and not such a little lady after all. 
tootsies reach all the way over the end of the bed. <laughs> Those are my stockings hanging over the rail. <laughs> Uh, my name is Peterson, uh, Pete to my friends, and uh, this is Miss Forrest. How do you do? If you'll just wait in the living room for a few minutes, I'll get myself a well, thimble. Well, frankly, be... Miss Brooks, we'd rather start in here. You see, I'm the layout editor. That's nice, but before you lay me out, I'd, <laughs> I'd like to comb my hair and wash my face. I wish you wouldn't. Just put your head back on the pillow for a minute, will you? Oh, but I... You pose the way the folks want you to, Connie. I'm going to make some breakfast for all of us. Well, that'll be our second shot. Snap, snaps the school teacher snapping up a breakfast. Good, huh? <laughs> Very snappy. <laughs> now, as I was saying, my dear, we don't want you to do a thing for this picture. Realism is what our readers want. The eyelids practically stuck together. Little straggly clumps of hair flopping over the ears. And those little tired lines around the mouth that looks like it just tasted a raw lamb chop. <laughs> we want you just the way you are. Thank you, dear. <laughs> Have you picked your pallbearers yet? Oh, do that, Pete. That's just what we want. That snarling look when the teacher first gets up in the morning. Got it. Now listen, you Please. two. We're going to be together all day. It'll be much more pleasant for all of us if you cooperate. Well, it isn't that I don't want to cooperate. It's just that I don't like to have my picture taken without a little makeup. Even if it's only an inch or two like you've got on. <laughs> You're exaggerating a little, aren't you? I use very little makeup. A dab here and a dab there. Here a dab, there a dab, everywhere a dab, dab. <laughs> No, Miss Forrest, I'm not sure I really want this spread. I know, dear, but when a woman reaches a certain age, some spread is inevitable. Oh! <laughs> you mean the magazine? Oh, yes. Well, let's talk about it after breakfast. I'm starved. Good. Will you join us at the table, or do you want your saucer of milk on the back fence? <laughs> I hope you enjoyed my pancakes. You know, the batter is my own invention. Oh, really? Uh, what's in it? If she tells you, you'll never eat them again. <laughs> Instead of eggs, I use hot peanut oil. Then to the customary amount of flour and milk, I had half a cup of baking powder mixed with cornmeal, two cups of yummy yogurt. And while the whole thing is being whipped in the mix master, I gradually add a teaspoonful of cider vinegar and just a smidgen of goose liver. <laughs> She's got a recipe for stuffed cabbage that would send you screaming into the hills. <laughs> oh, now, Connie, it isn't that good. Hmm. Well, I'll help you clear the table, Mrs. Davis. Oh, get a shot of this, Pete. The yeah. school teacher helps out with chores at home before going to classroom. Up uh, here, take a stack of dishes, Miss Brooks. All right. I don't mind your taking my picture so much now that I'm dressed. Well, I don't blame you, my dear. That's a very nice suit. Uh, shark skin, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's such durable material. One can tell at a glance that it's worn you for years. <laughs> You're very observant. It would be a shame to see those great big eyes of yours closed for a while. <laughs> 
think maybe you'd better get somebody else for these pictures. But, Connie, think of the prestige it will give you at school. It will? Of course. Everybody making a fuss over you. Why, I bet it would make even Mr. Boynton sit up and beg. Mr. Boynton? Uh, the school mascot. He's a schnauzer. <laughs> Don't try to pet him because he snaps. What? Oh, never mind. Don't worry about it. I've changed my mind. You can take all the pictures you want. Oh, that must be Walter Denton. He said he'd pick me up this morning. Oh, that's right. Your car is in the repair shop again, isn't it, Connie? Oh, you own a car, Miss Brooks? Yes, I do. Well, what kind of a car? Well, I had a brand new 49 Hudson, but I didn't want to show off, so I traded it for a 32 Stutz. <laughs> Walter, eh? Must be nice to have a man call for you in the morning. Who is he? The well-known absent-minded professor? No, dear. This one's more your type. Oh? Sixteen years old, and he can't run very fast. <laughs> Say, uh, you think Walter will mind if we ride down to school with you, Miss Brooks? Oh, I guess it'll be all right. Come along. Goodbye, Mrs. Davis. Goodbye, Miss Forrest. Uh, thanks for breakfast. <laughs> Mrs. Davis, I'll help you sterilize the mix master. <laughs> well, good morning, Walter. Boy, somebody looks yummy this morning. Why, Walter, do you really think so? I sure do, Miss Brooks. Where did you meet her? <laughs> oh, you mean Miss Forrest. Miss Forrest, Mr. Peterson, meet Walter Denton. They're with Snap Magazine, Walter. Uh, glad to know you, Walter. Hi. Well, I'm certainly glad to make your acquaintance, Mr. Denton. Uh, what subject do you teach at Madison High? Teach? Oh, I'm not a teacher. Although I do coach some of the younger students in subjects that just naturally come easy to me. <laughs> like, uh, lunch period and study hall. <laughs> well, it was a natural mistake. You seem so gallant, so worldly, Mr. Denton. Ah, uh, just call me Walter. <laughs> Walter, then you must call me Stephanie. I must? Gosh, do you really think I'm worldly, Stephanie? I certainly do. I knew this morning was going to be different, even though it started out like all the other crummy mornings in my life. <laughs> On my way over here, I just felt that something romantic was going to happen. And sure enough, here you are. Why, Walter... What a lovely speech. It's not a speech. It's merely what I feel, Stephanie. Shall we go to school now, Walter, or just stay here in the casbah? <laughs> Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, will continue in just a moment. But first, here is Vern Smith with an important announcement. Ladies, what's your complexion problem? My skin's so dingy. Mine's oily. My skin's dull, coarse-looking. For a lovelier complexion, you must stop improper cleansing. Instead, use palm olive soap the way doctors advised. Leading skin specialists have now proved the palm olive plan, using nothing but palm olive soap, can bring fresher, brighter complexions. Yes, regardless of age, type of skin, or previous beauty care. Now, here's what these doctors advise. Wash your face with palm olive soap. Massaging for one minute with palm olive's soft, lovely lather. This cleansing massage brings your skin palm olive soap's full beautifying effect. 
rinse. Do this three times a day for 14 days. It's that simple. But remember, 36 doctors, leading skin specialists, advise this way for 1,285 women with all types of skin. Dry, oily, normal, young, older. And prove this plan using palm olive alone, nothing else, really works for two out of three. So for a lovelier complexion, forget all other beauty care. Instead, do as these doctors advised. Use palm olive for a fresher, brighter complexion. For loveliness all over, use big, thrifty bath-sized palm olive in your tub or shower. You know, folks, when I read that Snap Magazine was looking for a model teacher, I was going to write in and suggest Miss Brooks, but then the midterm exams came along and I got kind of busy and I... uh... But honest, I was going to, Miss Brooks. Thanks anyway, Walter, I think. Is her picture going to appear on the cover when the story comes out? I imagine so, Walter. Gee, that's great. It'll sure be a relief from those pictures of glamorous young girls in bathing suits with legs. (laughs) It may come as a shock to you, Walter, but I've got legs myself. You have? Yes. Of course, they may not be as pretty as Marlena Dietrich's, but then I'm not a grandmother either. (laughs) You're not? Rancid one. Maybe we'd better change the subject. Uh, Miss Forrest, uh, Stephanie, after you get through taking pictures of Miss Brooks at school, you ought to get some at the faculty student malt hop this afternoon. Malt hop? Well, the faculty call it a tea dance, but we call it a malt hop because it's held in Weber's malt shop. Oh, sounds fascinating. Yeah, they serve a wonderful malt there. Their slogan is, our malts are too thick to sip through a straw. You have to eat it with a spoon. Some of them are even too thick to eat with a spoon. Some of them are even too thick to dance in. We've got a swell jukebox and a cute little dance floor. If, before we get to school, Stephanie, I'd like to ask you, would you... Could you... She would and she could and she'll be there ten minutes ahead of you. Well, Miss Brooks, you sound a little put out. You weren't by any chance expecting Walter to ask you to the hop. Me? Oh, heck No. I go with a girl. (laughs) Why, Walter, I'm surprised at you. What do you think Miss Brooks is? A blackboard eraser with teeth. (laughs) Gee, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, Miss Brooks. No, you didn't, Walter. I'm used to it. I was just wondering about Harriet Conklin. Didn't you have a date with her for this afternoon? Oh, sure, but there was nothing definite about it. I merely asked her if she wanted to go to the hop, and she said yes. Oh. I didn't know it was that tentative. (laughs) I guess you're going to the dance with Mr. Boynton, huh, Miss Brooks? Oh, do they let schnauzers in? Schnauzers? Oh, it was just a joke, Walter. I referred to Mr. Boynton as our mascot. He's really the biology teacher at Madison, Miss Forrest. And what a teacher. Boy, is he good looking. Oh, really, Walter? Yeah, he's tall... Dark, handsome, stoop-shouldered, knock-kneed, cross-eyed. Hey, isn't this the school? Oh, yeah, I almost passed it. Yes, I was looking at somebody on my right. Well, if you'll just turn your head, Walter, you'll see Harriet approaching on your left. Good morning, Walter. Miss Brooks. Oh, I didn't know you had passengers. Oh, this is Miss Forrest and Mr. Peterson, Harriet. They're here from Snap Magazine. How do you do? Hi. If you'll excuse me, I'd uh, like to get some atmosphere shots of the campus. Oh, yes, do that, please. Snap has picked Miss Brooke as a model American teacher. Oh, that's wonderful, Miss Brooke. And what a coincidence. 
coincidence. Coincidence, Harriet? Yes. When I read about it, I sat right down and wrote them a letter recommending you. Well, thank you, Harriet. But of all the silly things to do, I forgot to put a stamp on it. It just came back the other day. That's just like a child of your age, Harriet. What do you mean, child, Walter? You see, Stephanie, this is the infant I allow to toddle at my heels when I'm not involved with some more glamorous creature like yourself. Walter Denton, what's gotten into you? On this crummy morning, Walter's become a man of the world. <laughs> well, I'd better find a place to park. All those that want to better get out here, Miss Brooks. <laughs> Hinter you. But I'll go with you, Walter, and then walk you back to school. I was hoping you would. <laughs> Miss Brooks, I don't like the way that woman looks at Walter. I don't like the way that woman looks, period. <laughs> she certainly is chic, in a cobra-like sort of way. Has she seen Mr. Boynton yet? Bite your tongue, girl. Well, I think you ought to get permission from Daddy before you go through with this interview. After all, he is Madison's principal. Harriet, you've given me an idea. I must admit I kind of liked all the attention because I thought it would make Mr. Boynton sit up and take notice. But I never stopped to think that he might sit up and notice the wrong thing. Well, maybe Daddy won't consent to the interview. Then she'll have to clear right out. Harriet, you are wise beyond your years. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm off to beg for your father's unpermission. Could I talk to you for a moment, Mr. Conklin? I'm all ears, Miss Brooks. Yes. Uh... <laughs> Mr. Conklin, Snap Magazine wants to do a layout on me as a model teacher for 1948. You, Miss Brooks? Isn't it ridiculous? They've sent a Miss Forrest and a Mr. Peterson to take pictures of me and the unpainted school and the overcrowded classrooms and the strained looks on the faces of the pupils. I can't allow that, Miss Brooks. Of course you can't. I mean, you can't? <laughs> Certainly not. It's beneath the dignity of Madison High. Way beneath, Mr. Cochran. I've always looked upon Madison High and its teachers as my family. And it's the first rule of a family that its problems be kept to itself. Strictly to itself. We should not hang out our wash for every Tom, Dick, and Harry to see. Tom, Dick, and Harry should not see our wash, no. <laughs> it won't do you any good to argue, Miss Brooks. I've made up my mind. Publicity is nothing but a cheap parasitic device designed to prey on the unfettered appetites of the unsuspecting. Publicity oh, is... Excuse me, the sir... door was open, so... Oh, you must be Mr. Conklin. I've been looking forward to meeting you, Mr. Conklin. I'm Stephanie Forrest of Snap Magazine. Uh... uh... <laughs> uh well, won't you sit down, Miss Forrest? <clears throat> I'll be with you in a moment. <clears throat> As I was saying, Miss Brooks, publicity is the foremost blessing of our century. It makes the unknown known. It brings information and joy into the home of everyone. I can just see Tom, Dick, and Harry peeking at my wash. Miss <laughs> Forrest, I was just explaining to Miss Brooks what this wonderful exploitation will mean to Madison High and its problems. Oh, I'm so glad you see it that way, Mr. Conklin. You and I will have to work together on this. I'll need your advice on... So many things. Of course, Miss Barry. Oh. <laughs> well, let's not be so formal. You can call me Stephanie. And you can call me Osgood. 
a doctor. I'm ill. <laughs> well, then it's all settled. I'll get a hold of Pete and we'll start shooting Miss Brooks at once. Fine. I'll bring my own blindfold. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Conklin, but I... Oh, I didn't know you were busy, sir. Well, I am Boynton. You'd better come back later. So you're Mr. Boynton. Well, no wonder I've heard so much about Madison's biology department. Well, uh, thank you, Miss, uh... Miss, uh... Don't look at me. I never saw her before in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Brooks has such a quaint sense of humor. My name is Stephanie Forrest. But you can call her Miss Forrest. If you want to live to see your frogs again. What's that, Miss Brooks? Never mind, Miss Brooks, now, Boynton. What do you mean, now? (laughs) Miss Brooks, will you stop mumbling? (laughs) Boynton, Miss Forrest here is going to do a story on Miss Brooks for Snap magazine. Oh, really? Then they must have picked you as the model teacher. That's wonderful, Miss Brooks. You know, I was going to write in and suggest your name myself, but then I got all wrapped up in my pigmentation experiments and neglected to do so. Well, it's nice to know that you thought of me. (laughs) Well, now that you're here, Boynton, what is it you wanted to talk to me about? Uh, Well, sir, uh, it's something I need for my guinea pigs, but uh, I'd rather talk to you when... When you're alone. Oh, come now, Mr. Boynton. You mustn't keep anything back from a reporter. What is it you need for the creatures, Boynton? I'd rather not say in mixed company, sir. Oh, come now. We're over 21. Some of us are way over. (laughs) Oh, come on, Boynton. Out with it. What do you need for those guinea pigs? Well, if you insist... uh, Hormones... Behavior. Ran right out of the room. Well, uh, I guess I'd better be running along, too, Mr. Conklin. Just a minute, Miss Forrest. Shouldn't we give the quarry a few minutes head start? Right you are. Now. Now. Quiet. Quiet, boys and girls. As some of you know, I have been chosen by Snap Magazine as the model American schoolteacher of 1948. Thank you. Thank you, boys and girls. And now I'd like you to meet Miss Forrest, Snap's layout editor. (laughs) Quiet, boys. (laughs) Thank you, class. Now, before we take any pictures, Miss Brooks, would you please ask those boys standing in the back of the room to sit down? They are sitting down, Miss Forrest. They're sitting on the top of the desk. (laughs) But why? Well, with the room as crowded as it is, I use them as lifeguards. Lifeguards? Yes, they keep the smaller children from being shoved into the inkwell. <laughs> Snap Magazine sits in while Miss Constance Brooks acts as faculty advisor. Philosophy Club will now come to order. Miss Brooks, I must in fixing your makeup between classes. You're making yourself look like a teacher, a school teacher. Just that so many school teachers I've met bear such a marked resemblance to human beings. <laughs> well, we'll just stick a few pencils in your hair and throw a little chalk dust on your suit. There, that's better. Now, just continue as if I weren't here. That'll be a pleasure. <laughs> now, let's get on with the meeting, Walter. Yes, ma'am. Our subject is, should a high school graduate turn to teaching as a career? 
But what I mean, Miss Brooks, is in the face of our inflated economy, what security is there in the teaching profession? Well, Walter, the way I figure it is this. When I first started to teach school, a dollar was worth a dollar. Last year, a dollar was worth 60 cents, and this year it's worth 40 cents. So if I were earning more, I'd be getting poorer all the time. Thus, by being a schoolteacher, I'm actually saving for a rainy day. <laughs> Snap joins Miss Brooks for lunch in the school cafeteria. Thanks so much for getting my lunch, Mr. Boynton. Oh, you're very welcome, Miss Brooks. Here's your change. Ah, let's see. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Swiss on rye. You're the stuffed tomato. And, uh, what am I? Now, there's an opening you could drive a truck through. <laughs> uh, Miss Forrest, is Pete going to take any pictures while I'm eating? In a few minutes. He's getting a bite himself right now. Oh, good. Then you'll have time to smear some mayonnaise on my nose. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, darling, I'm not terribly interested in you at the moment. Mr. Boynton, when we chased you into your laboratory before, you wouldn't tell us whom you were taking to the malt hop this afternoon. Well, I really don't know if I should leave my work, you see. Oh, uh, there you are, Stephanie. I've been looking all over for you. You're going to the hop with me, aren't you? Well, I can't tell yet, Walter. Good I... afternoon, folks. Uh, Miss Forrest, as principal of Madison High, I feel that it is my very pleasant duty to invite you to the faculty student dance this afternoon. Well, really, Mr. Compton, I don't know if I'll be finished with my... I work. That is, could I give you my answer after I've eaten? I haven't had a bit of lunch. Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Forrest. I'll go get you a tray. I'll get you a knife and fork. If you just take my arm, Miss Forrest, I'll personally escort you to the steam table. <laughs> oh, no, it isn't. <laughs> Hi, Miss Brooks. Shall we have lunch together? No, thanks, Harriet. I'm quite full. I've just eaten my heart out. <laughs> I saw what happened just now. Well, it's my own fault, Harriet. My sins have come to roost. Well, what do you mean, Miss Brooks? I knew it. I just knew it. Knew what? I knew I shouldn't have sent that wire to Snap Magazine recommending me as the model teacher. <laughs> Eve Arden as our Miss Brooks returns in just a moment, but first... Dream girl, dream girl, beautiful luster cream girl. Tonight, show him how much lovelier your hair can look after a luster cream shampoo. Only luster cream brings you K. Dumas' magic formula blend of secret ingredients plus gentle lanolin. Gives loveliness lather even in hardest water. Glamorizes your hair as you wash it. Luster cream, not a soap, not a liquid, but a dainty cream shampoo. Leaves hair fragrantly clean, free of loose dandruff, glistening with sheen, soft, manageable. Gives new beauty to all hairdos or permanents. Four-ounce jar, one dollar. Smaller sizes, either tubes or jars. Tonight, try Luster Cream Shampoo and be a... Dream girl, dream girl, beautiful Luster Cream girl. You owe your crowning glory to a luster cream shampoo. And now, once again, here is our Miss Brooks. Well, things didn't work out quite as badly as I expected they would. 
Right before the dance, one of Mr. Boynton's guinea pigs had a blessed event. Triplets, in fact. And Mr. Boynton couldn't find a sitter for them anywhere. So he didn't even attend the hop. Walter Denton was kept in after school by his history teacher, and after a couple of dances with Mr. Conklin, Stephanie Forrest packed up her equipment, packed up Pete, and packed us in. Not long after that, I was sitting in the cafeteria one day when Walter rushed over all excited. Miss Brooks, it's out. Snap Magazine with a four-page spread of you as America's model teacher. Let's see that, Walter. Here, I've got it open to the story. Oh, I'll read the story later. How about the cover? Is my picture on it? Well, it says portrait of model school teacher, Miss Brooks, but here, you better look for yourself. How do you like that Stephanie Forrest? A blackboard eraser with teeth. <laughs> Next week, tune in to another Our Miss Brooks show brought to you by Palmolive Soap, your beauty hope, and luster cream shampoo for soft, glamorous dream girl hair. Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, is produced by Larry Burns, written and directed by Al Lewis, with music by Wilbur Hatch. Mr. Boynton is played by Jeff Chandler, Mr. Conklin by Gail Gordon. Others in tonight's cast were Jane Morgan, Dick Crenna, Gloria McMillan, Mary Jane Croft, and Jack Crucian. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.